recording. Okay, I'm gonna do the train intro. You ready? <laughs> yes. You fucking you ready for this? Let's go. Yeah. And just you just trust me when you just introduce <laughs> oh, it. I know. Yep. Just trust me. Okay. Oh my All god. Right. <laughs> Here it goes. Hello and welcome to episode 51 of the Game Train Podcast. Welcome to a big, massive episode this week. We are reviewing Pokemon Let's Go. We are going to chat about Fallout 76. We answer your questions. And also, as always, our trains of the hype, love, and lame trains. Joining me, as always, is Carl the Lyrical Smith. Hello, hello, hello. All right, welcome to this massive episode. Shall we just get straight into the news? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, here's the news. Right, so PUBG is coming to PlayStation 4 on December 7. I think this is a little too late. Fortnite and Blackout have already surpassed it, I feel, in every way. So, yeah, a bit late on that one, uh, PlayStation. Uh, Rumor is going around that there is a discless Xbox One coming. That's right, an Xbox One with no disc, probably to bring down the the cost of producing them. I think this is great for people with uh, high-speed internet, but... Not so great for those people that don't like the pricing on the uh, Xbox store or have bad internet as well. Mm. Also, PlayStation is skipping E3 2019, the first time they've ever skipped an E3 event, which is kind of big news. It's like, are they going to have their own show sometime again next year? Do they just have nothing to show? Do they feel like they've shown everything they can already? So many questions around this. Do they have too much to show? Do they need like... You know, a whole, is it the PS5 reveal with like, you know, two days celebration? Is, is PSX becoming a, a, a two day event? Or is it like you said, oh, we have nothing and everyone's expecting something. So we're just going to disappear until 2020. Yeah. Well, um, is that, is that your, your news there, sir? Yes. Yeah, I've got, I've got a little bit on my side here. I've got uh, Xbox acquired two more studios that they announced at the recent um, Xbox 18 event. Um, they now have acquired Obsidian Entertainment and In Exile Entertainment, putting them at 13 studios now. So I like they've just gone on a crazy shopping spree. I thought like, what did they announce? Like five that time? And it was like, wow, so many. So... It's pretty full on, but I, I, I don't think it's for anything, um, you know, short term. I think these are like five, six year future plans, but it, they're going to be something solid then. But it's, man, I just want to like freeze myself like Cartman did when he was waiting for the Wii just to see what all this is going to bring. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, so Crackdown 3, some of you guys might know by now, uh, has moved to February 15 next year so now it's not on the february 22nd date which was also full of uh metro exodus and anthem uh so now and originally it was days gone as well but so it looks like everyone started to move away from that date so hooray early love train right there thank you yeah, right my wallet and my gaming hours were terrified of that day so it's not as bad as what was it october 26th last year uh, october 26 last year yeah when we had yeah. mario odyssey and origins release on the same day oh how come everyone always forgets wolfenstein too oh and wolfenstein <laughs> as well yeah that's right oh, wolfenstein uh, oh, yeah, i was so gonna that... say wolfenstein 3d for a second <laughs> um 
so that's pretty cool. Uh, also, talking about Crackdown, Crackdown 1 is now 4K enhanced and currently free to download. I think, I'm pretty sure that's whether you have Xbox Gold or not. Don't quote me on that, but, you know, jump on and get that anyway. It's a very smart idea for people to, you know, check out Crackdown before the new one comes out because it's been so long that some people might not even know what it is. And Crackdown 1 is the better game. So that's really cool. Uh, what else was there? The Forge is now out, which is DLC for Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which seems pretty interesting. Also, Xbox has announced that mouse and keyboard support is now out for Xbox One uh, with select titles enabling it. Bring out Age of Empires on Xbox One, please. Oh, yeah, true. Except now i got to set it up with like a desk or something. I don't know I've what got, to I've do. I've got a little coffee table here, so I'm right to go with mouse and keyboard. I'm, I'm all in on that when it happens. You're ready to rock? Yep. Nice. Um, okay, I think that's that's all the news on my end. Uh, and how about you? Oh, the uh, Forza 4 DLC. Oh, of Fortune course. Island is coming out in December. So it looks really cool. It looks like a really mountainous region, probably taking off a bit of like the high highlands of Scotland mixed in with a bit of the Isle of Skye of Scotland, I'm thinking. So yeah, it should be kind of cool. Oh, that's really exciting. Plus, I just want to get back in and play some Forza just cause because I seem like... It seems like we just kind of left it. So much stuff came out and we were just like lost in these giant worlds. But I just want to go and have a race again. Yeah. So uh, that's the news. All right. So on to the games we have been playing. It's quite a big one this week. So we'll get through to the smaller ones first. Let's go with Tetris Effect. This is the new Tetris game, which my plucky co-host here wouldn't shut up about until I actually sat down and played it. I really forced you for days and days. I was like, just play, just play the first level. Have you played the first level? Yeah, and, then he- and then, <laughs> I, have, I eventually came through and played the first level and then yes. sat there for about two days straight playing Tetris. Yes, welcome to the actual... You actually got <laughs> the Tetris effect that it's named after. It was awesome. Well, I played through the whole game on, uh, on normal, it looks like, and then... Um, I've uh, started it on expert now, so... Oh, nice. Congrats. Um, Thank you. I love that I played through the whole thing on expert, and then while I was on the chat with you, and you're like, hey, what's this zone thing? I'm like, oh my god, I forgot about zone. (laughs) Yeah, where you slow everything down, it sort of pauses, and you can get line after line after line, and then it all disappears at once. So you can stack up to, I think, 16 lines. So yes. I think I had about eight rolling, eight to ten I got a few times. So that's kind of cool. Oh, nice. I've um I've got this 16 one about four times now. So I'm pretty happy with that. Very nice. And I hadn't tri- received it yet. You tried this in VR a bit as well. Yes. Yes, I did. Um, it was just wonderful. Like the game is such a um, a beautiful soundscape as it is and it's just visually like intense it's just this next level that you just kind of didn't expect tetris could go but here it is and then jumping in in vr is like this whole other thing like there's all these effects and lights and and different animals or i don't even know what to do like nature and oceans all happening on the sides and all around while you're playing it on the tv but when you're in vr mode you can look like straight behind you or straight down and you're like floating above endless oceans and the stars like rushing above you and things it's and then if you're wearing headphones and listening to that the sound of this game which is probably some of the best game sound design 
I've heard in years and years. It's just so impressive, which um, it just feels so weird to be talking like this about Tetris in 2018. And also, uh, apart from Tetris, you tried another VR game, which you've been really, really impressed with. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm a bit late to the party because I moved house. So after doing that, if any of you guys have PSVR, you might know that um, it's a bit of a pain in the bum to actually connect everything because there's this like separate box and you got to put two HDMIs and then there's a big old cable. So, you know, sometimes it's just kind of annoying to initially set up, yet alone just take the VR out just to have a go. So I've got it sort of permanently set up and ready to go whenever I want now. Uh, but I've been hearing everyone talking about and raving about Astrobot on PSVR. And I thought, oh, well, I better check this out. You know, it's, it's been out and about for ages. Um, so, and I think it's based on, there was like a VR Playgrounds demo that you could get kind of for free. Um, so I, I, I jumped on that and was like, okay, you know, it's just going to be some platformer. It looks pretty cute. I've tried the demo. I really did like it. I didn't expect to jump in and think like, oh, this is probably like the most charming, gorgeous, innovative, solid, fun 3D platformer this year, maybe in the last five years besides Mario. It's, it's so fun. It's like super charming. It's really tight. And the, the level design is like fantastic. And just like the innovative way they use VR, like you're, you're not actually, you're like a giant robot sort of overlord, but you're just a big person following this little robot that who's in front of you. You're tire, towering above him and looking down at him, kind of like you would be in a video game situation anyway, as if you're watching the TV, but you're controlling the little guy in front of you. You can look left and right instead of having a camera. It works more like um, Crash Bandicoot where the camera's moving forward and you can't really come back in the level, so it's really strategic, and like you have to complete everything that you need to do before moving forward. It's it's hard to describe, but once you're in there, it's just fantastic. And all that thing that um, VR has always been really good at, which is like giving you a sense of scale. Like I was in a forest level and ran into a giant tree trunk, and was like, oh, look at the nice detail on that tree trunk. And then I looked up to see how big the tree was, and it just went up for ages, and you could see the top up in the clouds, and it was like, I felt like this tiny, insignificant thing, which was so amazing. And you see it in games all the time, but you can never quite grasp how big those, like the environment and your surroundings really are. But when you're in there in VR, it's just, it's just another world. And it's, it's kind of cartoony in this Astrobot game and really cute. So it's not like the, the main VR problem is you can't be like photorealistic because it's not 4K or like gorgeous processors running the thing. But when a game is designed in this way, very much like the Switch with like Mario Odyssey or Super Mario Kart. Like they've got these games looking stunning without needing it to be, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2 quality. So would you recommend getting a VR setup just for this game? Uh, okay, so your um, mic levels have dropped significantly. Yes, I. sorry, I was just messing around because it looked like on my little thing that I was peeking, but I mustn't be. No, so you've gone down quite low for... um. Yep. Okay, cool. I've just put it back up. Yeah, magic. There we are. Guys, you have to bear with us. We're trying some new microphone equipment and some new editing stuff. So there might be a few hiccups in this, but uh, rest assured, this is the future, man. This is the future of podcasting right here. We, we are rolling in the sound effects live. Yes, it's it's very exciting. It's like we're running 
live radio and um you know we're both a little bit nervous but you know just roll with us here we got this we're gonna be okay and it's only gonna get better from here we also hope so. let us so know this if is you... like our guinea pig test run it is it is and you know what a what a nice time to start like right after the 50th episode we're like all right let's go clean new beginnings crispy new mic <laughs> 50 you know, episodes to go oh we actually should have been doing this since episode <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness! We might, if, if this all works, we might even be able to do some weekly episodes. But uh, let's not count our not, chickens. We ain't, we ain't promising that. Or eggs. Yet. I don't even know what the thing is. All uh, right. So the other big one that came out. Oh wait, no, you didn't say if you recommended this or not for people. Like, oh yeah, well, I mean, VR just for this game or not? I don't know if you should get PSVR for just one game at all. But if you have PSVR, this is like the first game you should play. And it's not at all what you think VR is best for. We all jumped into this new era of VR thinking, oh, it's going to be a first-person shooter that's going to work. And yet, you know, a third-person platformer and a Tetris game are the two best examples so far. So VR is never what you quite expect it to be. I 100% getting, I recommend getting a VR now. It, I used to be, like, quite iffy, but there's mm-hmm. just so many wonderful experiences. I still wouldn't recommend it as, like, getting vr just for one game yet because it's still like maybe a 400 hundred dollar investment once you've buy, bought everything you need yeah um so, so something i randomly jumped into was uh i've gone back because i am too excited for the new smash brothers ultimate so i've actually gone back to the wii version and have been playing super smash brothers brawl oh, just, yeah you have just for a bit of fun so uh, the other night I was here and I played several hours of it uh, and I've been having a lot of lot of fun with it. I've managed to get up to the hardest difficulty against the computer now and having just, yeah, just a lot of fun, just getting back into Smash Brothers, trying all the different characters, seeing what I like, what I don't like. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. Wow. And you've been doing it on keyboard, right? Mostly? Uh, a keyboard and now I switched across to controller so I've got it going on there but yes I finished the game just using the keyboard that is nuts you might be a force (laughs) to be reckoned with by the time we get it I might just not play with you no no I have to absolutely annihilate you at it and then you will feel free to quit okay I'm gonna I'm gonna can it be like Game of Thrones where I choose a champion because I'm gonna like especially if they're related and it's still blood I might sick you on Melvick my little brother. No, no, you yeah, can't. He's going to represent the family. I will, I will annihilate your brother after you. Oh, okay, Melvick, you heard it here first. <laughs> Callum from Game Train has has issued a challenge or a duel. Drawing down the challenge at the younger. Oh wow! You're going to take out all the brothers. Let's do it. I'll go I first. Guess, I guess you could call it the Smash Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you have to at least oh, get one one oh, in a year, don't you? Oh, oh, the Smash Brothers challenge! Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah, Not but no, I, I'm uh, really excited for Ultimate. So I, I was just itching at the bit to play it that much. That they've had a few setups around shopping centers where you could play it, but I've missed out on going to you know play it again. So I just decided to jump back on Brawl and and play some of that something to do just to pass yep. the time. Um, but the other game that we've been playing. Oh, wait, before you jump into the big one, uh, I don't think it's it's been a bit iffy and when we recorded the last episode, but I don't know if you told us about you playing, you did the Spider-Man DLC. Oh, I actually haven't finished that yet. 
Ah, okay. Well, have you been enjoying it? Is it like uh, yeah, integration it, or? It, it just feels normal. Like it's almost like a side, it's side story really that you're just dealing with Black Cat. So the DLC split into three parts and I think they run into each other from what I've seen in part one and what is coming in part two. Okay. Okay. And I assume cool. then part three then drops onto the back of part two. So it's it's good. It's it's Spider Man. It's just a continuation. There's nothing really new and fantastic. There's some new yeah, suits. I guess, yeah. Black, All Black you'd Cat need in Spider Man is just more Spider Man. It's, it's cool to see Black Cat. You know, another one of those big popular characters in the Spider Man universe make an appearance. Yeah, that's that's true. Black Cat and her um her big popularity is is that's always right. good. Yes, yeah. so it's good to see her, and I haven't finished it yet. I still got to sit down and, and get through it all and see what the new bosses and things like that are like in it. Nice. I just whatever excuse to get in there and do more of web slinging, really. Exactly. So it's no bigger New York. It's the exact same New York and things like that. So you're not swinging anywhere new. It's just you know extra missions, pretty much, with Black Cat. Nice. Yep, I'm down with that. Okay, and, let's and, get uh, into it. Hammerhead's the what the <laughs> villain in part two, so he gets mentioned in part one, but then he comes into it in the second DLC, which is out now as well. Oh wow, man, it's all happening so quick, and the I next know. one's out before the end of the year too. Right? I know all this before Life is Strange season two episode two. Where is my Life is Strange season two episode two? Wow, and they can do like full DLCs for. Yep. Spider-Man, three of them. It's really infuriating because I've paid for the whole Life is Strange pack and and they haven't even given a release date for part two yet. Wow, fingers crossed it doesn't happen like Telltale Games. Well, I assume they've got like everything written and they're just producing it all now, but it's just, it's just frustrating waiting. But the other big game we have been checking out is Fallout 76. The newest Fallout game is out now. We tried the beta last month and we jumped into the full iteration of the game when it came out the other week yes we did uh and you know wow what a we game. did want to um we did want to review it but it's just too it's huge it's on and like even if you go and see other reviews everyone's got like reviews in progress it's just too big to sort of cover fully it's uh what a game what a game. I, I know I've been enjoying my time. So pretty much Fallout 76 is the prequel to the whole Fallout series in that you are from Vault 76, which was the first vault to open after the bombs have dropped. So I think it's about 70 to 100 years after America's been decimated by nuclear war. And you're the first sort of survivors going out into the new world to set up the new world pretty much. And what Bethesda have done with this game is made it so there are no NPCs in the world, like no human in camps that you come up on and they give you missions, et cetera. You're supposed to be those first humans venturing out into the world. So there are ghouls, there are super mutants, there are robots. There is a whole heap of radiated wildlife out there in the world, but no other humans that you are actually coming across. Hmm. Hmm. That was a very interesting bit of news when they first announced it. It uh, broke many a heart of Fallout fans, including yours truly. I thought when they first announced that you weren't too fussed. You're like, this can work. I was nervous. I was very nervous. And I was kind of just thinking, okay, how are they going to make this work? Mm -hmm. 
Um, and, and how have I, they made it work? They haven't. Okay. They they have not. Um, so it's really cool. I've, I keep hearing that you are having a good time. Callan's enjoying it. I couldn't. I I just jumped in. I tried as much as I could, and I just was having the worst time from the moment I got out of that vault till the moment I switched games. And then I'd jump back in and be like, why am I doing this? This is awful. It hurts. It's annoying. It's boring. The The engine is gross and muddy. The The world feels empty. There's no good story. I, I've never done this in a big game, especially one that I love the law for so much. But I just kept, there's these little yellow diamond markers to show you where the mission was. Mm-hmm. And I was just going from yellow marker to yellow marker and just pressing A, like, yep, next. Okay, next yellow marker. Yep, next. All right, drink the water. Done. I just, I personally, I felt no drive to continue. Nothing was in the other uh, Fallout games, especially with 4. When I first sort of jumped into 4, it was like a cleaner version, but I still kind of felt that tiny pang of sadness of like, this isn't too much of an upgrade from the looks of Fallout 3. But I got over that in like two seconds because suddenly I was in the world of Fallout and I was being pulled into the stories. I had a drive and a purpose and it had that signature quirk. You know, even it, it had all its bugs and stuff, but it was like, oh, well, that's Bethesda. It's still this, this world that I want to learn about, these crazy stories about all these like mysterious, you know, links and old vaults connecting to new people with all these histories and, and you meet characters. And oh, it's just the world of Fallout was just something I, I just loved getting lost in. Mm-hmm. And this feels like, for me, it's all gone. The kind of thing of finding, like looting was so awesome. And now even that's kind of weird because they've added level caps to all the cool things you could find. And there's something in the old Fallout games about just finding these like epic weapons and giant rocket launchers that you just like this skinny, scared survivor and you find this thing hidden somewhere that you're not supposed to go. And then you can go take on anyone and put on their armor and you're like, whoa, look at me. I'm, I'm a god of the wasteland. And now they're like, no, no, you can't do that for 20 more levels. I'm like, oh, so it's an MMO now. They should have called it Fallout Online, like the, you I know, like they the should have just called it Fallout Online so people like yourself would like be like, uh, or Fallout Survive, because uh, yes. this, game, this game is online always because the world is full of other people. So we'll say that there's no NPCs, but they've populated with other players. So you will pass bob 21 bob 21 will walk past you out there in the wasteland you can choose to fight bob 21 or not pvp i haven't really been involved with because people don't really do it because you can't just jump um jump in and just gank someone you have to shoot them first and does a tiny bit of damage and they have the option of shooting back at you if they don't shoot back at you you just keep doing tiny bits of damage to them if they shoot back at you then it's on full damage comes yep, into yep. It. but no one seems to want a pvp one or two people no. I've seen uh, have been um, casted out as murderers, and that's if you kill someone by just slowly tripping away at their health. But then you pop up as that's a big red funny. marker on the map, and I went to one of those markers and killed the guy that was doing that. So that's pretty much the only PvP I've done. It should really be called like Fallout Survive because I'm playing it as a survival game. I am playing it on my own. I'm taking it very yeah. slow. I, you know... It, the game is a lot harder when you play by yourself because I think it's been designed that you're supposed to progress with friends. And the amount of times yeah, I've into a base and been heavily outnumbered and only just survived every time. And I get my water and I get my food. I get my radiation down. I cure my diseases. 
and all these sorts of things like this it's yeah. yeah it's very for me i'm playing a very survival game i'm taking it slow i'm exploring i'm finding all these places i'm not really running from yellow diamond to yellow diamond i might see it across the map but i'll make my way and explore every area on the way there and f- maybe find new quests so I'll, I'll listen to the audio tapes when i play by myself so i kind of understand what's going on in the story out there now i've yeah I've see, taken it's almost it, like i've taken it in a totally different way to you in that i'm playing it not really as a yeah. fallout game but more of a survival game that's set in the fallout world and that's what i'm getting my enjoyment from and i know it's an old engine and there are bugs there are invisible enemies i've had teleporting red scorpions which have killed me i've had invisible enemies kill me i have blown myself up because i've thrown a grenade when i didn't mean to throw a grenade i went to punch but it's throwing a grenade just dumb stuff like this has happened to me so many times now yeah but i've enjoyed myself at the same time like just the struggle it's not easy i'm having a very difficult time progressing but i'm i chip away i chip away and then i make progress i might find that extra gun or i might level up a bit more um and then come back to a spot and then eventually make my way through it uh this morning i was playing it and all my weapons are broken or i was out of ammo for for my guns all i had left was grenades and landmines and I was in this base and I didn't want to have to leave and come back because I'd already cleared everything. And there was like this one super Android left. And pretty much I was just laying mines down, throwing grenades and making this guy chase me until he died. Wow. Nice. So yeah, I, I just having fun with little things like that, you know, making my own sort of fun and that's my enjoyment. It's not the perfect game. There is a lot wrong with this game, right? But yeah, see, I'm, well, I'm one of the big things that you just said before which is like how you said when you play on your own, you actually do listen to the audio tapes and you finally can actually get a bit of a sense of the story. It's like this Catch-22 where the, uh, you know, Bethesda really wanted this game to be played as friends because it's kind of, it's so much easier and more enjoyable in a group. But as soon as you're in a group, you're all talking to each other and helping each other. And as soon as you start playing one of those audio tapes, you're both just like, ah, oh, shut up, or like one of you, you're both having it playing at different times and like, wait, I'm listening. Oh no, I, uh, come this way, let's do this. But you're all socializing. So it's this weird way of not being able to get invested in the story. And then to do it, you kind of have to play by yourself to really just like put yourself in there. But then you're not playing it in a group of friends like they intended it. It's just like nothing's quite clicking yeah. is, is the issue I'm having. I understand that it's, it's not for some people or a lot of people, but I don't think it is as bad as people are saying it is. I think people have just gone too hard with like their critique of this game and not stood back and actually looked and gone, actually there, you know, there's a lot of bugs and things, but it is not like the worst game ever made or worst game of the year that people are saying, not by a long shot. No, I'm feeling of, you know what it is? It's an extremely similar situation to how um, I jumped into No Man's Sky and I loved it. But it's like people are hating it because of what they were hyped and built up to believe it was going to be. Mm. So if they sold it as what it is, you know, like an old, like guys, we're just, we're not making a brand new game. We're using the old sort of janky Bethesda engine you all know, but we're going to make a survival MMO just, you know, to jump in and have fun while we're working on our huge future projects. Mm -hmm. Cool. And then you're like, all right, so this is this is not the Fallout we know. You know, it's it's the same sort of engine. It's going to be a bit janky because the first time they've tried it, but this is a survival MMO. There's going to be level caps. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a challenge. And it'll be like 
just a silly bit of good fun with friends who are fans of Fallout. Look, for me, I, I, I enjoyed this game and I'm going to keep playing it. I understand you won't, I know others won't, but yeah, I'm going to continue along with it. But we should continue along with this episode at the same time. Yes, we should. Because we, we are under the clock here at the moment. So the shout out this week, the shout out goes to Button Mashing Podcast. So I jumped on these guys' podcast the other week with Roger and Co., and pretty much these guys deep dive news. So where we just sort of skim over the news and give you guys the headlines, these guys yep. deep dive everything, have a robust discussion about every single point, which goes for like 15, 20 minutes, depending on what's going on, on each point nice. we're talking here. They'll talk a bit about what they've been playing as well. So it's a, it's a different style to what you and I do, where we do like a sort of bit of news, we review, etc. These guys deep dive news a lot more than we do. So yeah, uh, I'll put up a... Um, a link on our Facebook page to the button mash podcast, go check it out. And uh, yeah, these guys have been going just started off this year. I think they're up to like episode 21 or 22 now. And they, they go, they go weekly and they're uh, based out of Melbourne. Nice. All right. So let's roll into that review this week, which is Pokemon. Let's go. It's <laughs> just too fun. Okay, so Pokemon Let's Go is the latest iteration in the Pokemon franchise. This one is on the Nintendo Switch. It is developed by Game Freak and published by Nintendo. So Pokemon, for those that don't know what Pokemon is, I don't know where you've been for the last 20 years, but it is a game where you play as a Pokemon trainer and you go out and capture these uh, little monsters called Pokemon and they battle each other. Yep, that's... uh. Pretty pretty much that's the rundown of what Pokemon is. So this series has been going for over 20 years now. I started back in 1998 on Pokemon Blue back in the day. Nice. And this is the first main Pokemon game that can be played on a TV. Yes. They've all been handheld up until now, which technically this is still handheld being on the Switch, but you can play it on your TV. So this is a Pokemon Let's Go is a remake of Pokemon Yellow which Pokemon Yellow came out, I think, 99 or 2000. So that was sort of like a almost an extension of Red and Blue back in the day, but you had Pikachu following you. So in Pokemon Let's Go, there's either Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu or Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, two different little versions of the game. Same story, same world, but you either have a Pikachu or an Eevee as your main Pokemon in the game. Yes. So how did you find this? Because I know this was your first Pokemon game. Yeah, so my first Pokemon experience was way back in uh, November of 2018 <laughs> uh, on a little game called Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Um, no, you know, I, I tried some of the... Uh, what did we do? We did that fighting Pokemon game oh, Pokemon a little tournament. while ago. Mm-hmm. That's the one. And, you know, I jumped into Pokemon Snap back in the day. One of my friends had it on the uh, Nintendo 64 and I've I saw one or two of the episodes of the manga when I was growing up, but my little brothers were always playing Pokemon because I never had a Game Boy of any sort mm. whatsoever. My oldest brother, who doesn't even have a Facebook or a computer or any console now, was the one with the Game Boy, and then my two little brothers. So it just skipped me. I was never into handheld, and so I kind of skipped the whole phenomenon, which I wish I didn't. But this was interesting jumping into this because I know of the existence of Pokemon, but I was jumping in as a grown-ass man 
playing Pokemon with zero nostalgia goggles. I was like, okay, how is this as a game, period? Not like, oh, I remember this, and oh, this guy, cool, can't wait to see this Pokemon. Yeah. I knew nothing. To me, it was just like, all right, let's jump in and play some Pokemon game. And let's it was go, really interesting. Said. Let's go. Um, yeah, it was really interesting jumping in because I, I was like, didn't know what to expect. And at first, it took a long time for it to click with me because I was like, oh, this, is, this really feels like, and it still does, but it feels like a my first RPG adventure type game where, <laughs> the, you know, and the, the Pokemon represent a clearer sort of, um, how would you describe it? In, in my terms, they, they look like a, a visualization of something like instead of you earning new magic powers or new armor or new weapons in a, in a huge complicated RPG and, and trying to battle other people's magic and going like, all right, well, I need to upgrade my, you know, my, my sword or this armor and make it have dark magic or fire magic to oppose their kind of... And so in this, it's like, all right, instead of giving you all this kind of complicated RPG stuff, this is going to be... Uh, my first RPG, where they're like, you want electricity? Here's a tiny electricity puppy. You want fire? Here's a little cute fire horse. And just to make it really clear, and your fire horse will fight his grass frog. And it's really simple and straightforward. And then, so at first I'm like, okay, I see what this is and how it sucked you in. And then once I started catching more Pokemon and counter counteracting in, in the fights and combats, I'm like, oh, okay, uh, let's see. I need a few more of these ones. Oh, I got to catch this. And I'd see a new Pokemon go, I need it. And I couldn't catch it. So I'm throwing different, you know, types of fruit at it to make it like me more and using different Pokeballs. And then I'm going to go refill them. And next minute, I'm having the time of my life going, this is so fun. <laughs> you, you start, like, you start like, to oh, understand just... the, the collect style of the game because it's really a collecting style RPG in that you want to yeah, that... collect all the Pokemon. That's pretty much one of your missions. Like your mission is to go get beat the eight gym leaders and then fight the um, elite four and become Pokemon champion, right? Or the other option is to just go collect every Pokemon that ever was. Yeah, and get your like certificate of the Pokédex. Yes, that's right. Whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I just, I really loved it. It was, you know... Even without, so if anyone's wondering, because I, I I might just be one of the only people in my age group in this situation, but jumping in as a, a grown man playing this randomly cute RPG, if you don't really know what, because everyone knows what a Pokemon is, but if you don't really know what the gameplay is, it is genuinely fun. And it's just so beautiful. It's like really charming oh, and smooth. Isn't it you know, on the actual and Switch. colorful and just happy? Oh, lovely. And it's just smooth. The music is is beautiful. Like it's a beautiful game to jump into. It feels so perfect for the Switch. Um, I, I've played it mostly handheld because I like the controls handheld. Which I'm not sure why they didn't let you translate that onto the Pro Controller. Well, Maybe so that more people would buy the Pokeball. Let, let's talk about the controls because I actually got the Pokeball. Yes, you did. I went and bought the Pokeball because I thought it was really cool. Because we tried this at E3 and I loved it straight away. Well, I tried it. You didn't try it, but I loved it straight away. I did not. So I wanted to get the Pokeball. So the Pokeball is this little ball that sits in your hand, and it's got two buttons on it, which is pretty much your A and B buttons, and it is motion sensitive as well. So the, uh, the biggest change in this Pokemon from the other Pokemon games is how you catch the Pokemon. It used to be you'd go out into the wild, you would battle a Pokemon, 
weaken it down, and then you'd select your Pokeball in the menu and you'd throw the Pokeball out and catch the Pokemon, right? Yeah. Now they've taken the Pokemon Go, which is that mobile phone game which came out two years ago, which set the world alight of people on their phones out in the yes. wild catching Pokemon. In, that, in, in this, you just swipe up on your phone to throw a ball and catch a Pokemon. You wouldn't battle it. You would just throw the ball and catch it or it will get away. So they've, yep. got, they've gone with that system in this. And I did not like this at first. I was not happy. Because that was a way back in the day of grinding your levels out to make your Pokemon stronger to progress further in the game. Yeah, and now you level up just by catching you, them you anyway. Just throw balls at, but now I'm like, you know what? I like this because it did get a bit tedious back in the day, especially going through a cave and you'd see Zubat after Zubat after Zubat in the cave. <laughs> it was horrible. Anyone that played Red and Blue and went through Mount Moon back in the day knows exactly what I am talking about. It was horrific, right? Now you see the Pokemon in the wild and then it's like, well, I'll just go quickly just throw the ball and catch it. It's easy. It's quick. It's simple. You move on, right? It's great. Uh, I feel the Pokeball yeah. itself is a great little, I don't know, I guess it feels like is that little Pokemon master throwing your Pokeball out. I like it. It just sits in your hand. You just play the game one-handed. I just sit back, just chilling out. You know, I play it handheld. I play it on the TV. It doesn't bother me at all. I, I like both ways of playing it. But I agree with you. I feel like they should have allowed you to play as, with the pro control on your TV as well. That's the only thing in the controls I feel is missing. It's giving people that option. You do not have to play it like this, but give people the option of choosing that mode of play if they want to play it that way. Because I understand that motion yeah. controls aren't for every person. Well, especially if it's like um, all, all the systems are there because it works when you're in handheld and that's all the same buttons. Yes. So I, it feels like such an easy switch over, but I feel like it's possibly to encourage people to buy the Pokeball, mm -hmm. you know, extension well, to play. Which... I'm hoping for future Pokemon games on the Switch that the Pokeball will be able to be used of those games too. Yeah, okay. Uh, also, Interesting. Also you can um, put a Pokemon in your little Pokeball that you, you get and then go for a walk. And it works as a pedometer, really, in that you do a certain amount of steps. And then your Pokemon will level up, which is kind of an incentive to go out and do some walking too. Oh, that's cool. And how long does that last? What do, what do you mean? Uh, sort of battery-wise. Uh, you know two to three hours. Okay, cool. Yeah, that, that, that's, that, that's a good that's amount of time for a walk. The game, but if you're walking around and it's just doing its pedometer thing, I'm assuming it would last a lot longer than that. So yeah, for, of course. For me, I've been playing Pokemon games for years. So red, blue, yellow, gold. Um, I think I played a bit of black and white. Not much of it, though. Uh, Ruby, Sapphire were a pair as well. I played X, um, Omega Ruby, Omega Sapphire. So I've, I've, um, and also uh, Sun, Moon, those ones. So I played a lot over the years. For me, going back wow. into this one was a big step back. A big step back. I feel like Nintendo have put this out to bring in the Pokemon Go crowd and for those people that got in a Switch for the first time and bring new people in for Pokemon. I don't really feel like this is a Pokemon game for veterans unless you want that nostalgia kick. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's, very, it's only got the first well 150 said. Pokemon instead of the over 700 plus that are out there now. Yeah, really, okay, cool. Yeah, and really I mean, Kanto. people like us, we barely recognize them. You know, you, only that first 150. Yeah, you're back in like the first region, which was the most basic of regions as well. Um, 
it, it's it's a pretty easy game up I think until about the third gym onwards and the difficulty jumps. But that yeah. first probably four or five hours was just the most face rolling experience I've had in a video game for a long time. I would not use my <laughs> yeah. Pikachu because he was too overpowered. I would put him away and use everything else to give myself more of a challenge because I'm like, this is ah, boring because I'm because I'm still feeling that now. And I've I haven't used a different Pokemon. They're like, do you want to switch Pokemon? I'm like, no. My Eevee's doing just fine, thanks. And most battles are one-hit kills. Yes. Well, I've, past the third gym, it stops doing that. The difficulty goes up. It feels like all the um, enemy trainers are up another level, you know. Just things like that. So it, gets, oh, it definitely gets better past the third gym. But up until then, I was just like, oh, my gosh, I can't do this whole game like this. Um, but it, wow. what it is, it is, um, and I think it does this quite well. It's great for kids. It is great for bringing those new future generation Pokemon players because Nintendo have said that they've got a new mainline Pokemon game in the works for the yeah, Nintendo Switch, yep. which will hopefully come out in 2019. And I think for veterans like myself, that's going to be our true Pokemon Switch experience. With a, a new, yeah, this is really clever. A new region, like, this new is... Pokemon and all that sort of stuff, plus access to all 700 Pokemon from before. Like That would be absolutely massive. But this gets people in gives them a taste, know what to expect. and to Because otherwise, imagine you going to game and they go, there are 700 Pokemon. You'd go, oh, no thanks, and just put it down. It'd just be, yeah, it would be too much. This is, it's like saying, okay, Pokemon Go and new owners, check out how cool Pokemon is, get ready. And then, okay, veterans, here's a reminder. Remember how much you love Pokemon? Okay, cool, we're all on that level. Boom, big Pokemon game comes mm-hmm. out. And I, I, it's like they're, they're I'm prepping hoping us. Game Freak, pardon me, sorry. I'm hoping Game Freak uh, just tweak the formula slightly. It's always been about the eight gyms, the um, you know, the Elite Four, etc. Um, I'm just yeah, hoping they make okay. it a little bit more open world in a way, a bit more choice on where you can go. Just build, so maybe build on this, build on this game. It could be like um, I'm not saying like the same style, but could be like what breath of the wild did to zelda where i, I feel that's what they're uh, going to do because they've, they've used the same formula for 20 years it's a great formula it works just like zelda used the same old temple formula yeah weapon new temple new weapon and it worked every it, time it and they just worked. went let's change it let's yep. just do something awesome so i'm hoping with the next one whatever it might be you know it could be pokemon sand and water who knows what they're going to call the next two that it is um that next evolution. What I would have liked to see from Let's Go, though, I we spoke about it being the entry to the series. There's only the 150, right? There's only... Or 153, sorry. There is also the Mew, which is comes with the Pokeball. And also, yeah. ah, it's this new metal, metal Pokemon that you can get from Pokemon Go and transfer it into this as well. And oh, he's got an right. evolution as well, that Pokemon. So that brings you to 153 on this one. Oh, cool. Um, okay, okay. So what I would have liked to see is actually not a remake of Yellow, but a remake of Gold and Silver, because that would have given us 253 Pokemon, and it would have given us access to two regions, being Kanto and Johto, and it, and 16 gyms. I feel like it would have been a very complete game, and I feel like I would have just gone all in on that. Like, that would have been it for me. Like, But because it was the 150, and I've done it so many times, the old 150... It just, my, my team on 150 is just, I already knew before I even boot up the game what my team was going to be. Pikachu, a Charizard, a Venusaur, a Blastoise, a Kadabra, 
and a Gengar. And that's pretty much what I'm running at the moment. So <laughs> nice. Yeah. Wow. While the other ones you get extra choice and yeah, this one I just had a very set style. I've got it pretty much up to that point. My my haunch yep. is not a Gengar yet, but he will be. Yeah. And I, I'll switch him out for maybe my prime ape every now and then, depending. But yeah. Anyway, um wow. for your first Pokemon experience, how do you score it? Well, I um I I was surprised by it. Um I you know, in the end, I, I thought this game I wasn't gonna like it. I was I kinda went in, I, I didn't go in like guarded, but I went in going like, Oh, okay, I guess I have to do this. We'll see what happens. And it just it captured me a lot more than I expected it to. Uh, and I knew a lot more, like once I was in that world, I knew a lot more about it than I thought. I knew a lot more of the Pokemon than I thought. Um, you know, I, because I've just been surrounded by that world and just media and all that kind of thing. And it felt like one of those, for me, it ended up being like one of them really catchy Backstreet Boys songs from the past that you don't want to like, but you just, you really, really do. It's already there, and, you know. So I ended up giving this an eight point two. Okay. <clears throat> As yeah. I said, I I felt it was a bit too easy. It's a great, you know, nostalgia kick, but I wanted more from it. Uh, I enjoyed the changes to the catching mechanics in the end. At first, I didn't. I grew to like it. Uh, I like the new chaining mechanic with getting shinies. It makes shiny hunting a lot easier. I've got my first ever shiny now, which I was kind of. Oh yeah, we should have mentioned so that. You want to elaborate this real quick? Version of a Pokemon. So I was actually chasing the shiny Ponyta because I wanted the blue flame Ponyta. But while I was trying to get that, I ended up getting a shiny Raticate. So I've got a big orange rat hanging out in my Pokeball now. Cool. And and by chaining, uh, Kellen means you catch the same Pokemon over and over and over again, and there's more of a chance of finding a special version of yes. that same Pokemon. Um, but yeah, in saying all that, look, I, I've given this an eight. I think it's a really solid uh, new entry point in the franchise. I would have liked to see more, but it is definitely a very, very good game. If you have not played a Pokemon game for a long time or you are looking to get into Pokemon for the first time, go check this one out. Yes, I second that. But if you've been playing Pokemon like pretty much every iteration for the last 20 years, I'll leave that one up to you. Nice. Yes. Nice. Oh, I should mention I did have it at 8.5, but I took it down a bit because of the no pro control. Oh, okay. Right. And yes. that was Pokemon. Let's go. <laughs> so good so good all right so we're going to move on to now you know we're going to keep this moving because uh time and all that stuff but we're going into the games of our lives like sands through the hourglass so are the games of our lives all right games of our lives is that segment when we talk about our favorite game from each generation of console that we have owned we are nearing the end of this now we have now reached the current generation and this is the PlayStation 4 chat now. Yeah, wow. We've done well, man. We started with Atari and we've got all the way here. I don't think we've ever just done this full line of a segment before and really followed through. I'm really proud of oh, us. We did with the yearly games. 
Which which year? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. of course. Every game for your life and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So yeah, we are up to PlayStation Four. So that's quite a big generation. This includes every third party and first party game. What have you rolled out for your PS4 choice? All right. So um, and we should mention that I'm going to give a quick special mention to PSVR one as well because we're not going to do a solo one on that because Callan hasn't owned one just yet. Uh, it was a tricky one because we were talking about, you know, splitting it PS4, PS4 Pro just to make it easier. But we're running out of time this year. And we're like, nah, let's just do favorite game PS4. And we're doing, like Callan just said, like the um, exclusives and any third parties we experienced on that console. So just what my favorite thing was that I played on PS4. Uh, and for me, you know, I, I nearly went with God of War and I wanted to go into that. And that was going to be the one. But to be honest, I think it was Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. It just because it just like God of War, and I can say, is a, is a tighter, better, fuller game. But Horizon Zero Dawn just wowed me in, in a new way. Like that's the first one I played on PS4 going, okay, this is next-gen gaming. The world was huge and gorgeous and hunting those like giant robot dinosaurs like what how is this not child carl's full dream come true right now yeah it was amazing and aloy was just really cool it it was it was just such a cool game it wasn't too into itself and being too serious the story wasn't like fully complex or anything it was a real simple sort of story but the the systems it was just fully aware that it in itself was a video game and it was like how can we best make gamers have the time of their lives in this awesome world uh so yeah it was horizon zero dawn for me is i think my favorite game or experience of the ps4 i've got a couple written down here and one of them being god of war because i think this is one of the best games on the system in terms of the way it was made the look of it the feel of it uh what they've done with that cinematic camera yeah, oh, the no cuts, but, goodness. But the most fun I feel like I've had on a PlayStation Four game is Persona Five. Yeah, hundred nice. plus hours of pure RPG. One of the most catchiest soundtracks I've ever heard on on this current generation. Um, I love the story. I love the characters. I love the battle systems. I love the world. I I love Persona Five. So that is my PlayStation Four choice for games of our lives. God of War, a very, very close second. and Right, same and here. And I'd like, say Horizon Zero Dawn, now that you've mentioned it, is probably third, just behind God of War, yeah. for the reasons that you said. Yeah. But there are some top frigging games on this system. And for those that have not played any of these games, go check them out because they are all awesome. It's very hard to split them, but yeah. we'll have to choose one. I know. I had like my other two honorable mentions were for very similar reasons, and they were Spider Man and Gravity Rush oh, 2. Yes. And that was all yeah. just because of trend, like traversal. Mm-hmm. Both those games were just fun to be in. I don't even know what Uncharted I'm doing or why I'm doing it half the one. time. Anyway, we can keep going with all those, but yes. all right. So your PSVR game. Uh, my PSVR game, I had like honorable mentions to Wipeout, Awesome, Eagle Flight, Astrobot, I was talking about, and even Tetris Effect. But my favorite one, which people will think is weird, but anyone who has a PSVR and experienced it for the first time, I'm pretty sure would agree with me after a while. But my favorite was the menu screen in VR Worlds. <laughs> so VR Worlds is this like little compilation you can buy of five like mini games to show you 
what PSVR is like, kind of like what uh, the Wii had with Wii Sports, very similar. And one was you just go underwater and you look at fish and some sharks. One is you're shooting up some place and with guns. One is you're street losing, you know, yeah, on a skateboard or whatever. As well, you just had butt soccer balls. Yes, cool. that's I'll it. Them have and that in the, the menu screen, randomly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when you're in the menu screen, instead of just selecting a game, you're standing in the middle of sort of this ancient-looking old room in a in a building or a temple type thing, and you look in all these different archways, and there's a giant glowing ball that represents the current level that you're about to jump in. There's a space one, so there's just a giant meteorite, and there's one about doing a heist, so there's just this giant diamond. And each time you look at the ball, you can go close to it and you can tap it with your head or you can, you're holding the actual um, DualShock controller and you can see the controller floating in front of you in terrific detail. And you can see if you move the analog sticks or press the buttons, everything moves accordingly. But you can reach out with that controller and you can tap on the different, like on the meteorite or the floating diamond. One of them is like a floating ball made of water and you can put your whole controller inside it or you can put your head in it and you're surrounded by it. One is this floating, awesome sort of gravity sports ball that you can hit really hard with the controller and it whooshes away, but it's like brought back by gravity and it dodges you and the sound is going all around your earphones. It was fantastic. So I'm trying not to belittle PSVR by saying a menu screen is my favorite game so far, but it's one hell of a menu screen. Nice. So, yeah, uh, cool. All yeah. right. Well, that was Games of Our Lives for this week. Let's roll into those passenger questions because we are really trying to smash through this now because time is running out real quick here. <clears throat> All right. So nice, nice. we had Callum Smith write in again. So Callum Smith was the person that wrote in last time. And Carl and I, for some reason, thought it could be our, uh, our friend Twan just having a bit of a joke. Turns out Callum Smith is actually a real person with... The name was just too the name close. Was just it's too a great close. name. And so we apologize to Callum for <laughs> having a bit of a laugh about all that. And it's just a really strange coincidence. So he's yes. so he's stuck around with us, though, because we uh, he, he, uh, I wrote to him on Twitter and had a quick chat to him and stuff. But he's sticking around. So welcome, Callum, again. And he's wrote, written in and said, um, with all the new release, uh, those re-release games like Spyro and Crash Bandicoot, what would you like to see remade or remastered? Oh, wow. Okay, well, I did just recently see the trailer for Medieval. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they released it on Halloween, mm-hmm. I think, because they, they just showed the logo before, and I went and saw the um the actual trailer with some gameplay. It looks very much like, like Spyro, so that was kind of cool. But to be honest, I just want to see Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver. Wow, so not Final Fantasy VIII, which is like the mysterious Final Fantasy that just won't appear anywhere anymore? I just want to see Final <laughs> Fantasy VIII. I don't even need it remade. Just release it, like, in its old shitty form. I mean, if Fallout can do it with new games, then they can do it with yeah. an old one. All right. For mine, it's always yeah. been and will continue to be until it is ever remade or remastered or allowed to be played on current-gen consoles, is Vagrant Story from the PlayStation 1. This is an old RPG oh, by Enix. Nice. I keep harping on about it, and I'm going to keep harping on about it until it is remade. I love this RPG. Not enough people played this RPG. And it's a real Mm. sad one that I think that a lot of people missed out on. And I think you would really enjoy it, and I know a lot of other people that would. Give us a remake of Vagrant Story. 
Give us a remastered yep. version. I don't care if it's remastered, remade. I don't care if it's the PS1 classic on PS4. Give us it again. Yep. I want to play the game. You know what? While you're at it, just make Legends of Dragoon as well. <laughs> and let's let's have all that. So uh, All those three PS1 classic. We really like the PS1, yeah, don't we? Yeah, yeah, none of this is on their new little mini console. Vagrant Story probably would have gotten me to buy the thing. So Yeah, right. I, or Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. Yeah. I mean, uh, so thank you, Calum Smith, for running in. Once again, and also as always, Reef has to have his two cents in the questions. And, of course, Reef. And welcome. he is asked with the new Super Smash Brothers Ultimate coming out soon. What will your main character be? Wow, what a question! You've got seventy-five fighters to choose from here, Carl. Come on. Well, the only time I ever really played it, it was Link. But even with that, don't I have like? three or four characters to choose well, from there, there is toon link child link or adult link all ah, right so three yep. yep i think i'll go with toon link for now <laughs> for my uh, i have him tattooed on my arm so nice. that's the link i've actually heard choose. um child links played uh the pros have been really uh excited about what child link is bringing to the table in this one so ah, okay uh, for me it will be pikachu i've liked pikachu since the nintendo 64 version i just like the way he goes about it his quick attack, his thunderbolt move, his thunder move. Yeah, I, I like Pikachu. I'll be going him, but I'll probably be uh, checking out some other characters like um, Link, Marth, etc. So, yeah, I might even yeah. try the uh, Inklings. I tried them at E3, but couldn't yeah, I was say quite the Inklings were pretty interesting. Get, it, get that concept down. Uh, for me, I don't really like the bigger characters like Ridley, etc. But I, I'm going to give every character a go. I might fall in love with one. You never know. We might have another firestorm yeah. argument, Carl. We might. I, you know, I kind of think if we just sit down for a couple of hours with the Inklings, that could something about them speeding themselves up and slowing everyone else down with the ink while fighting and all the chaos going on. There could be some really cool little strategies to be had there. Exactly. But uh, yeah, once again, guys, thank you so much for your questions. And also, I'm going to be putting up my Nintendo friend code onto Facebook when Super Smash Bros. comes out. So anyone that is getting the game and wants to fight me, you can add me onto the Switch and have a crack at me. I will not be. Uh, and if we have enough interest, if we have enough interest, we might even have a little game train tournament on the Super Smash Brothers one night if we can get enough people involved. So oh yeah, let us what know. Do you mean we can set up a lunch tournament and all that sort of thing. We can have one-on-ones or free-for-alls. We can decide all that. But if you guys are interested, let us know and we'll try and sort something out one night. Yeah, let's make that happen. Yeah, uh, a lot of fun. All right. So if you want to send questions into us, remember you can write into gametrainpodcast.com or facebook.com slash gametrainpodcast. We're also on Instagram, gametrainpodcast. You can find us at gametrainpodcast on Instagram or at gametraintalk on Twitter. So let's roll into our trains right now because i am running out of time here i'm gonna have to run out my door in a minute let's so, do it let's do it all right let's uh let's go straight into the lame train all right my lame train this week's very simple one i'm bringing up another thing from pax i had a bunch of things listed from pax that i, I feel like i'm bringing oh, up every wow. week oh, mine pax. is this time is no art at PAX. There was no art. I was oh, there was so, no art. No art or artists with like booths set up. I was so disappointed at this. Well, done, I feel like it had to get its own thing. section on Lame Train to be pointed out hardcore here. I want the spotlight on this. Why was there no art there? Last year, we would walk down the corridor and there was about eight or nine artists all doing this beautiful artwork. There was none of that. 
none of that at all. There was no stall selling art. Why, why not have, I understand artists struggle for money and it's a lot of money to put up a stall there. Why don't packs just go, look, we're going to put four booths up for artists inside where they can sell all their art and actually support these people and get their art out there so they can make some, make some money from all this stuff. Because I know it costs a lot, like a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars to set up like a proper booth there at PAX. And they might not wow. recoup their art sales over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Man, I week, love that. Five or six artists in a booth or two or three booths. Okay, PAX itself might lose a bit of money, but it adds something else to PAX. And I think that's what it needs. Man, I loved coming home with like personalized artwork. It's one thing to go see all the artists, you know, if they're just there selling stuff. But especially when you go into the actual you know, uh, PAX area and it's all just full and sound and colors and noise and everything. And then you go outside to chill and you just see this line of artists. They're so approachable. You talk to them and you meet them. And the cool thing is you, you walk through in the earlier hours of the day and you see them starting off. And every time you go out for a little bit of a breather, you go back and see them. And that artwork that you've seen is slowly evolving and, you know, they're slowly getting to the end of it and building it up and they've added color or more detail and throughout the day, sometimes throughout like the whole three days, they're working on the same piece. And yeah. by the end, you've just seen this like amazing thing being created in front of you. And it's such a nice, calming, beautiful, like story unfolding as the expo continues. I, I love the art part. Yep. So what's your lame train, mate? Uh, my lame train is Spider-Man DLC, Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Forza Horizon 4 um all existing and me having not even been able to finish one before jumping into the other into the other and then into red dead so my lame train is that these huge magnificent wonderful games all seem to just come out one after the other instead of in that big six month lull we had mm. where they would have been wonderful so my lame train is myself and cool. not being able to just dive into these worlds which are all just as awesome as the other and i just don't know i i want to jump back in Mm-hmm. But I don't know where and how and when. So that's my lame train. Okay, all right, on to the love train. All right, so I've discovered down the road from me a new video game arcade has opened the other week. I'm excited. Uh, yes. I go down there all the time now. I will play ski ball, I'll play the basketball shooting. They've got like all they've got Mario Kart set up there on four player arcade machines. Uh, they got all these little skill games. Uh, it's a, it's a lot of fun. I'm really excited, and I like going down there and playing games. The end. Nice, nice, nice. My love train is uh, using this new ZenCaster program to record our current podcast. If it works, uh, I, yeah. I just want to do a little disclaimer right here. You know, like we were saying earlier, we're still finding our way. Hence, we didn't edit out my dog barking earlier. Um, and also all our sound effects bringing us into our different segments. We used to just edit them in and now they're all being like, I'm just pressing buttons on the fly, like live on radio. So the levels might be a little bit low or a little bit loud on some of them. We're going to work on that. We're going to get it nice and tight and we'll see what happens. So if, if you guys are a bit like weirded out by like, hey, I can't hear that beautiful love train jingle. It's coming. We'll get it cleaner, but it's a lot of fun. And we should have been doing this for the last two years. Okay, all right. Now, let's roll into the hype train. Boom. For people that missed the boom, that's always been on the end of our hype train thing since the beginning. (laughs) I'll find it. I'll go find that damn boom. (laughs) 
All right. So my hype train is again so simple. I feel like I just. Can I say yours for you? Yes. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Yay! <laughs> I said it last time. I'm saying it again. I'm just waiting for this game. So uh, there's no oh, super in the front of that, is there? Did I just? It's uh, fine. I don't. Yeah, it's Super fine. Smash Brothers Ultimate. Anyway, um, yeah. So I uh, I went and bought some more Smash Brothers Amiibos the other day. I've pre-ordered the nice hardcover book. I'm excited for this game. Oh wow, that's fun. Uh, well, my hype train is Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. <laughs> I'm actually really excited to jump in here. I've had Smash Brothers Amiibo for a million years since the Wii U, well, all ready to rock, and I just didn't jump into it. I, I own it for the Wii U. Yeah. And I just, it was like, I was kind of in there on my own. It wasn't, the Wii U wasn't the um, the console that the Switch is. It wasn't connected to everyone and everything that I know. Yeah. And I just feel like this Smash Brothers game is going to be just this like bridging, connecting game, kind of like Red Dead Redemption 2 was for for a second there where you sign on and every single one of your friends on your friend list is playing that same game. Well, and I'm, I love when I'm that happens. I'm looking forward to being able to just jump, you know, like then they jump into bed and go to play some Smash Bros and see like a friend like you online, invite them into game and like have a quick battle before bed or whatever. Like you don't even have to talk to each other, just invite to game and off you go. Yep. Have a fight, yep. lose, get angry, get out, play yep. some Pokemon, something nice and easy, face roll, go to yep. bed. Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to that getting into it, checking out the local scene in Melbourne, checking out some tournaments around here. I'm, I'm going all in. I'm excited. Wow, nice. Yeah. Yeah, until I get smashed at my first tournament. And it's like, hey, are you still playing Super Smash Bros? Nah. <laughs> I kind of got off it for some yeah. reason. Yeah, it's not very good. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that brings us to the end of the episode. Yeah, I believe so. We did it. Oh, we did it. We got there. All right. Thank you all so much for... Uh, joining us again on this special Zencaster episode. Hopefully it was all smooth sailing and it didn't derail halfway through and you've gotten yes, to I hope so. hear us now signing off. Uh, yes. Anything else to add, Carl? Uh, no, no, I think that's, that's about it. Oh, uh, anyone that is on here and listening through uh, stuff like iTunes, please, can you go on iTunes and give us a review um, and all that sort of stuff? please it really really yes. does help us in the end of the day if you know other people that are on itunes get us you know get them to rate us if they listen to us as well just get the name out there start giving us reviews we we kind of need this stuff going up there now um we haven't actually really pushed this subject that much along the journey but um we are seeing other podcasts get all these reviews and it pushes them up ranks and they bring in more people in their communities through this way so we'd like to try and build on that more more now so yeah, yeah. on itunes give us a review and you know like any review we'd love yeah. all the good reviews but we want to hear if, if it, you guys are hearing something we can improve on that's the best way we can grow is by hearing it straight from you guys and we want to give you the best possible entertainment and information podcast that we possibly can so you know if you got suggestions for us put in the reviews and all that kind of thing as well so help us grow that'd be really cool okay all right thank you so much and this has been game train 